Hey, what's going on, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Fly Fidelity. I'm your host, Luke Bailey. Credible content for incredible times, and make sure you follow us on Spotify and SoundCloud if you aren't already. Also, make sure you check us out at flyfidelity.co.uk. And now for the main event. Joining us for this episode, we talk to investigative reporter Greg Pallist about his Leonardo DiCaprio-produced documentary, The Purged. The documentary follows Pallist's journey into uncovering two million thrown-out votes, many of which belong to people of colour and young people. In 2014, an investigative reporter with Rolling Stone named Greg Pallist got his hands on a secret, highly confidential computer file from inside the office of the man in charge of the voter rolls, Secretary of State Brian Kemp. The list targeted an astounding 580,000 voters. How are you feeling? Well, I mean, uh, I'm feeling fine because I'm on the left coast, which will be the independent nation of Pacifica if things go wrong. But um, in in America, we don't know yet. Uh, You know, there's uh, American elections are not exactly what other nations would call democracy, kind of a of a democracy like procedure. Uh, We, you know, uh, you know about our, our infamous electoral college where. Uh, we have elections by state, and you can win by one vote. In fact, uh, we've had that uh, in one state, and you get all of the votes. All It counts uh, all the electoral votes of that state. And so we're worried about the elections. We've had um, um, several of our past elections have been uh, won by the losers, the people that didn't get the official popular vote, but even more, as I've written about in my books, like my latest, How Trump Stole 2020, which, by the way, was not a prediction. It's a warning about the tricks that they use. And in America, we have something you we I didn't see when I lived in Britain or in, uh, my, my wife is Swiss. You just don't see this around the world where we play games that uh, where it's perfectly acceptable in the United States to figure out ways to remove hundreds of thousands, if not millions of your followers from the voter rolls. Uh, it's it's game to just say take uh, other people's ballots and throw them in the garbage and and shred them and not count them. This is an American. Uh, this is how America operates. It's it's uh, what you know, like I say, the imitation of democracy. So I'm always very worried about that. Um, and it doesn't matter if um, Biden wins or anyone else. We still have these massive, massive problems with voting in America that that I hope will be addressed. What are you most nervous about in what might be the most important election in American history? Well, I'm worried about a couple things. One, if you're looking at, you know, if you watch the broadcasts on BBC, you know, I used to work with the, I was a reporter for Newsnight when I began, I was with Newsnight and The Guardian when I began investigating American elections. And I was shocked at what I found about my own country, about not counting votes. And if you look at the at the images you're seeing, you're seeing these very, very long lines. And for the most part, those long lines are black people. Now, why are black people in long lines? Because, number one, they've been purging black people from the voter rolls. What that means is that they literally remove people from the voter rolls. Um, and we, we can't imagine that in other countries. But we do it en masse under cockamamie excuses that target mostly young people, voters of color, et cetera. And so what happens is 
people who are asking for their mail-in ballots, they didn't get them, so they show up and wait in line. Then they'll get to the front of the line and find out that they can't vote at all. Uh, this is, uh, you know, it could be that that Trump is so unpopular at the moment that no matter what tricks they pull, he still can't be reelected. They can't steal all the votes all the time in the U.S. We figure it's about 4%, 5% every time I've been doing this. Uh, that's not small. That's several million ballots. Um, mm. And so I'm very concerned when I see those long lines. I'm also very concerned that most of our balloting this year is being done by mail, a little more than half. And uh, we have a bad habit in America. We throw away mail-in ballots. I know you might think that that's – you can't imagine that in Europe. But literally, according to a study by our uh, our two of our big universities, Caltech and MIT – 22% of all mail-in votes never get counted in America. That's one in five ballots. Can you imagine if in England or France or Italy uh, you simply didn't count one in five ballots? But here in America, we, we just shrug our shoulders and say that's how it is. Uh, so I'm very worried about that non-count of the mail-in votes. And we've got a president saying that the mail-in ballots are all are fraudulent. And that's a big problem. That's a big problem because his minions yeah. could say they're fraudulent. We're not counting them. It is. Talk to me about The Purged, which is a short film that follows your journey into uncovering two million thrown out yes. votes, many belonging to people of color or young people. Your investigation begins in 2014 after managing to pick up a secret computer file from inside the office of Brian Kemp. For the audiences that don't know, who is Brian Kemp? Brian Kemp, this is a very American thing. Brian Kemp was a Secretary of State of Georgia. We have these officials called, generally called Secretaries of State, whose job is to run the elections. Uh, in Britain, this is done by civil servants, of course. But in, in America, it's these, these guys are elected. They are political hacks, violently partisan hacks of both parties, by the way. But the GOP has been very good at seizing control of these offices in a lot of states like Georgia. Brian Kemp is one. And while he was secretary of state, he removed a third of a million voters from the voter rolls of Georgia. Literally wiped out their names, obviously done by computer. And, um, and he, at the same time that he's removing a third of a million voters – He's also running for governor of the state of Georgia. In fact, he was running against a woman named Stacey Abrams, who was the first African-American woman ever to run for a gov governorship in the U.S. And he won by about 50,000 votes, but he removed a third of a million people, including, as uh, people can hear in my film, The Purged. Uh, it's a short film. It's only 14 minutes. Uh, but in the film, The Purged, you'll meet You'll, you'll hear a woman just hysterically meet her, hysterically crying because her grandmother was just thrown out of a polling station in Atlanta. Now, her grandmother, Christine Jordan, by the way, has been voting at the same polling station for 50 years. They took away her vote. And she's been voting there since uh, the year her cousin, Martin Luther King, was murdered. This is Martin Luther King's cousin. But they took away her right to vote. They said, by the way, that she'd moved. One of the big ex excuses lately is that the Republicans have claimed that millions and millions of people have moved from their homes and, you know, to another state. Americans move around a lot. It's true. But they had tens of millions of people moving from their homes when they hadn't moved anywhere. And by the way, I'm not guessing. So what I did was I took the names of the people that were purged by Brian Kemp, 
the Republican Secretary of State, and that is removed from the voter rolls on the grounds that they had moved. And then his cronies uh, in in Wisconsin, in Michigan, and other important states in America uh, were also removing thousands of voters. And what I did was I I found out did did these did we have this mass move in the U.S. and all these people still trying to vote at two addresses? So I brought in address experts, um, like including I hired the post office, which you can do in the United States. I, I hired the post office. I hired. Uh, the experts from Amazon and eBay. We went through every name. We obviously use massive computers and determined, for example, uh, lately, uh, that just in the last two years, 198,351 people were wrongly removed from the voter rolls of just one state, Georgia. 198,000 people. Uh, we just reported that. Uh, I did that for the uh, American Civil Liberties Union, which is trying to preserve people's votes. So this is a strangeness of America's. So, you know, if you watch this film, The Purge, you'll meet them. And by the way, uh, you know, it was um, uh, hosted. This film is uh, being put out by Leonardo DiCaprio. So thank you, Leonardo. Could become the country's first female African American governor. Are going to elect Brian Kemp. And has this ever happened to you before? Never. How long have you been voting? Oh, my life, ever since I was old enough. But I've been voting right here, ever since 1968. We're not gonna let them steal this election. I mean, we, we're gonna stand up for what's right here, but they ain't gonna steal it from these people. Look at all these Americans here. He's upholding the voters' law of America. Either your signature matches or it doesn't. And if it doesn't, you don't get to vote. You have to come back in and redo the thing. And I think if they throw rocks, we should kill them. <laughs> That's what Trump said. See? <laughs> so this happens in 2014, which is way ahead of the 2018 midterm election. How would you describe at that time race relations in America? Ugly. I mean, well, it's positive. And look, Atlanta is the birthplace of Martin Luther King. Martin Luther King the third, in fact, is a good friend of mine. Um, and uh, so America has this is a strange place because we're one nation which did deal squarely with its terrible history of apartheid and racism. But there's people who are still holding back and they cannot handle the new world. And therefore, you have the people around uh, Trump in particular and the Republican Party who uh, will do anything to uh, remove voters from the voter rolls. And what happened in Georgia is that they took this new system of removing voters for a test drive. Now, understand, racism in America has changed its nature. It's not a bunch of rednecks who hate black people. I mean, there's, there's always going to be some of those still. There's a few left. You see them with their Confederate flags. These crazies, some of them are violent. We have to watch out. But they're, they're a real small minority. What we do have are, unfortunately, mostly GOP officials, that is Republican Party officials, who take advantage of racial bigotry to attack black voters because black people don't vote for the Republican Party. So they, they, they remove them not out of racial hatred, but out of 
cold political calculation. So can you walk me through the process of accessing such a highly confidential list of data and your, your initial reaction to that document, which, of course, targeted 580,000 voters? Can you imagine if Boris Johnson suddenly got a hold of the list of voters in Britain and through a flick of a switch just said, well, I'm going to knock out a, a million or two. You know, all these labor voters will forget them. Or especially we're going to go after voters of color. They mostly vote labor, so we can knock them out. Everyone with the name Patel. Every, you know, yeah. uh, you know the, can you imagine? No. In Britain, no, you can't. I mean, uh, you know, it just doesn't happen. Uh, it's, it's not cricket, but we don't play cricket in America. And in America, we say we have kind of a strange attitude, both parties, by the way, that if you can get away with vote theft, it's fine. So uh, the, my first reaction was, holy cow, it was gigantic, but this was huge numbers, 580,000. So I went to find, I went to confront uh, this guy, Brian Kemp, and you'll see in the film when I go to confront him, <laughs> I actually get arrested. It was a kind of catch and release. They grab me and then let me go. But for asking him questions about removing black people from the voter rolls while he's running for governor. Um, and yeah, so I had to dig in, I had to find out what these lists were, how they got them, because after all, maybe there's reasons for people to be removed from the voter rolls. Like some people, you know, people die, they shouldn't be voting. Right. Uh, though I haven't seen zombies at the polls, uh, today, uh, people do, uh, do move, but it, this was odd. How can you have all these, you know, black people on the road? Like the road should be filled with moving vans. <laughs> And they weren't. So we met, So that's when I hired. It took me a while to figure out how to do this, to hire experts to go through name by name and find out where people lived. And then we um, we put the list out and we got thousands of people contacting uh, contacting me and saying, my God, I didn't know that I'd lost my vote. Um, so, yeah, so it was very shocking. And, and, and it took a it took a lot of work to figure this out. And. Um, and get the information and uh, and bust it. Now I did have to to get more lists. I did sue. I've threatened many lawsuits around the country um, to get. As a journalist, I don't try to change laws, but I use our freedom of information laws in America uh, to um, to kind of blast out these secret documents. They'll say they don't exist, and then I'll have a part of it, and I'll say, "Well, what's this?" So uh, I sued Brian Kemp. I didn't have to go to trial. The judge actually just thought he was a liar and literally said, there will be no trial. I'm just declaring Mr. Uh, Palace the winner. It's called summary judgment. Very unusual. Um, so they had to open their files. And I started getting uh, under threatening other um, political hacks. I got these uh, vote files, the, the list of people that they're purging from several states and started going through them. And it's just... You know, the number of black people uh, and, and Hispanics, Asian-Americans they're going after now and um, because they're a Democratic voting contingent and young people. I mean, it's a lot of different people to go after. That's why they have to get rid of millions. Our nation is witnessing a merciless campaign to wipe out our history, defame our heroes, erase our values and indoctrinate our children. Then she told us the three most powerful words ever spoken by an American. I will vote. 
How do you think the servant strategy has been expanded to the rest of America and radicalized this election and marginalized the power of the black vote? Well, um, because they figured out that black folk vote Democratic. They're solid Democratic voters. So if you're a Republican official and you have it in your hands to remove any voter you want, you know, I don't know if you have that program in Britain, but here we have the program The Purged, where once a year you can kill anyone you want. Well, in America, yeah. Uh, we have the purge, which is uh, these officials, uh, these secretaries of state can remove any voter they want. Now, they have to have a reason, but it's usually you know, completely bogus or made up. In fact, back in 2000, the first case I did for the Guardian BBC was, um, uh, was to discover that the Republicans had removed 58,000 voters, African-Americans, uh, on the grounds that they were felons, if you at the time, if you committed, a, if you were guilty of a felony crime, you you lost your right to vote for life in Florida. Well, okay, that's a terrible law, which has, by the way, been cha- uh, eliminated. But, um, but then what I found out that not a single person on that list was actually an ex-con. They just fabricated the whole wow. thing. Now that was Florida in the South, but you have to understand. You have the diaspora, the movement of black people from the south to the north over the several decades. And um, and so the GOP in Michigan, in Wisconsin, in, you know, as you go north into the cold zones, they're still using these same they're using these racial tricks to remove voters of color. Uh, by the way, when I said this, you'll find might find this interesting. I wasn't guessing when I said that uh, when I was working for uh, Newsnight uh, that uh, we found that. Uh, these were African-American voters because it says right next to their name, BLA for black. I didn't know what BLA stood. I, I, mm. I said to myself, I'm looking at these charts. I'm saying, blah, blah, blah. What's blah, blah, blah. They say black. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it's like, uh, so, you know, you have to race and voting in America is, is a explosive combination. And we, you know, that that's, so there has been this problem that again, I don't actually think of these northern Republicans as racist. They're just playing a political game, and they know that you know it's it's no genius to say if if I remove young voters, if I remove Asian voters, Asian American voters, if I remove black voters, I'm removing Democratic voters. It's a cheap and easy way to win. It's not cricket. It's kind of ugly if you think of yourself as a democracy. But hey. It's I've well, no. I used to be an investigator for the Justice Department in America. I used to do. I was a. I was a detective, but and I um, and what I found is that when people have the motive and they have the opportunity, they commit the crime, and that's what happens. You mentioned speaking to Christine Jordan just earlier. Of course, the ninety-four-year-old cousin of Martin Luther King. What What was it you learned from talking to Christine? Well, I learned. Well, number one, they'd re, they'd eliminated her vote. Because they said that she'd moved away. She'd moved out of Atlanta. Uh, now, I went to the home that she said that they said she moved out of. And she'd been living there for more than half a century. Because And she showed me pictures being there with Martin Luther King having dinner. And what I learned from her is that, it look, it was a long battle. 50 years. She started voting 50 years ago because it was only in 1968 was the first presidential election that black people were allowed to vote in, in Georgia. I mean, we haven't had even the right of black people to vote for, uh, you know, that long. So, um, 
so it was, to her, this was very emotional. And her granddaughter was just hysterical and in tears. And you'll see in the film, if you watch a little 14-minute film, The Purged, um, or listen to it, um, her granddaughter was just, she was totally distraught. Because she said, you know, she went with her grandmother when she was five years old to vote. Uh, so America is not yet used to African-Americans voting. You know, and there's still people like Christine Jordan who remember uh, when they were never when they weren't allowed to vote at all. If they attempted to, they would be hung from a tree. This is no joke. It was a shock when Trump won Michigan and by a mere 10,700 votes. But the state had purged at least 60,000 voters based on a secret list. Palast went to investigate surprising the Secretary of State of Michigan with the secret purge list. 499,092 Michiganders are on this suspect list. Mm -hmm. Is this to eliminate fraud or is this to eliminate voters? It's to clean our voter lists and well, ensure that there's you... no vulnerability now, for fraud. Statistical experts who have looked at this list say it's heavily overweighted against minorities because it's using, it's just basically a, a list of common names. Ms. I'm not familiar Michael with that. Brown, Jose Garcia. Mm -hmm. Could I, you imagine that that would be a problem in terms? I, of I did not know Brown was uh, identified with one okay, race. No, Brown was a common name in America, and it's, it's a, a black very name. common name. It's I a very not, common black name in America. Yes. I, I've known a lot of white Browns. I'm curious. What are your memories of the civil rights movement, and what correlation do you see between that time and today with Black Lives Matter? Well, two things. Um, I remember as a kid listening to Martin Luther King uh, speak uh, on the radio and um, and my I remember my father saying, you're going to go down south to, to help, you know, to fight for civil rights. And um, I think that's why probably I ended up doing some of these investigations. I, by the way, I do a lot more than elections, but I keep getting stuck. America keeps calling me back. <laughs> because I keep jacking with with our election process, so I can't like stop this. Uh, I I have to stick with this. But I remember with my father, that was was very moving, and was very inspiring time, and a brutal time. Because remember, we also at that time had the war in Vietnam. The the civil rights movement began just as the war in Vietnam was taking off, and so the two movements were it were together. And Martin Luther King put them together. He upset a lot of civil rights leaders by saying, we can't just be for our rights. We have to end this war in Vietnam. And that was courageous. So I remember it was very, very, it was a, it was a brutal time. Um, and uh, America was at war with itself over the war and civil rights. But we made some tremendous progress. The night, you know, uh, Martin Luther King, I've been in Selma and, um, and I've walked across the Pettus Bridge where Martin Luther King began the march to Montgomery uh, about the, in 1965. And when he left Selma on a 50-mile march, black people were not allowed to vote in the South. And they said, well, you're never going to change that with a march. And 50 miles later, uh, the president had proposed and was quickly passed into law the Voting Rights Act, which gave black people the right to vote. But then, you know, I'd say happy ending, you know, little birds tweeting goodbye. No, nope, the, uh, I wish it were a perfectly happy ending. It wasn't obviously King was assassinated, but even more, we ended up with a right wing 
lurch in America with George Bush, where we ended up with a Supreme Court that in 2013 uh, virtually eliminated the Voting Rights Act of 1965, setting back the rights of black people and, and other voters of color to vote. So we've gone, we took big leaps forward, and now we're fighting the slide back. But of course, you know, the Biden's vice presidential choice is black. We did have a, an African-American president, but that was not, um, that was hardly automatic. And even he had to overcome what we at Rolling Stone calculated was a theft of 5.8 million votes. So he had to overcome a big, you know, a, a big theft of votes of people not being allowed to vote. In fact, I mean, it's, it's very strange if I gave you some, I'm going to give you some numbers here. This is the official United States Elections Assistance Commission, which keeps track not only of American votes, but American non-votes. Um, it says, okay, so uh, ballots cast, rejected. In other words, you cast a ballot and it's thrown away. Um, 1,913,369. There's just a, just a fragment below 2 million ballots in American cast and thrown away. Whose ballots? Well. Read read how Trump stole 2020, and it's the uh, overwhelmingly votes by African Americans. Uh, second, provisional ballots. What's a provisional ballot? You go in and you find out that you've been purged. You know, like I said, wrongly removing the votes. They say, well, don't go away angry. Here's a um, or don't you know create a scene. We're going to give you something called a provisional ballot, which says if if you're a legal voter, we'll count this ballot. What they don't tell you is that. Um, 925,000 of these ballots, just short of a million, were also thrown in the garbage, rejected. Because if you're removed wrongly from the voter rolls, it's too, you're, you're out of luck. I mean, you still don't get your vote. That's the beginning. And again, 2 million people blocked because they weren't uh, registered. Um, mail-in ballots, about 3 million lost in the mail, literally, where they never, people didn't get their ballots or they didn't get them in time. They, they were... Um, uh, mangled or otherwise rejected. You're talking millions of ballots, millions. Can you imagine if you had the Brexit vote and they said, well, okay, Brexit won by, you know, 300, you know, 2 million votes and we threw away 6 million ballots. People say, what, what do you mean you threw away 6 million? Well, you know, the rules, you know, that had an extra mark on it. You should have seen, I was in, in Michigan. Now Hillary Clinton lost Michigan to Trump. And that was one of the keys to her losing the presidency by just 10,000 votes, 10,700 votes out of 5 million. But they literally did not count 75,000 votes in Detroit, which is a black city, you know, Motown. So they literally didn't count 75,000 votes in a black city. Their excuse was that the vote counting machines broke down. Well, the vote counting machines can break down, but the, you can read these ballots with, you can just read them with your eye. The human eye doesn't break down so easily. But they didn't count those ballots, and Trump won the state by not counting ballots. I just don't see that happening in Europe and in getting away with it. And here they, here they absolutely got away with it. It wasn't like it was a secret. Greg Palace did not have to uncover the seventy-five thousand missing ballots. It was, it was a a, a fact. And um, by the way, interestingly, the Green Party agreed to pay for counting those ballots. The Democrats didn't care because they're, they're part of the system. But uh, Donald Trump's lawyers went to court and actually got a court order stopping the count of the uncounted ballots. Can you imagine that? 
he got a court order saying don't count those ballots. That's what I'm afraid of this time. So you asked me how I feel about this time. What Trump has already said he's his lawyers are going to court saying that ballots which are not received by tonight, mail-in ballots, maybe tomorrow, depending on state, that they shouldn't be counted. Now, you have to understand that by tomorrow afternoon, we're going to have probably 10 million ballots that will not have been received at the polling stations. They can they can be counted as long as they're postmarked before the election. But he's going to try to challenge 10 to 20 million ballots. That's no joke. And it's, and we he knows that those ballots are overwhelmingly ballots cast by Democrats because Democrats – we have this weird election this time. Democrats are mailing in their ballots. Republicans are showing up to vote in person. So Trump is saying mail-in ballots are fraudulent. He's saying they're being sent in from Venezuela. <laughs> I mean, I'm, you're, you know, I'm laughing, but if this ends up in a bloody civil war in America, I guess I won't be laughing too much next week. So we're talking about a genuine danger that Trump could be reelected by eliminating voters and history, like you say, repeating itself, much like what happened in 2016. Well, yes. And what I'm concerned with, we also remember the American Constitution is very unusual. Not only do we have an electoral college, but the electors, even those electors are not chosen by the voters. It's chosen by state legislatures. The, our votes are only advisory. And we've had in Florida back in 2000 when Bush won by basically stealing the vote and stopping the count when he was 500 votes ahead. Um, the Florida legislature said, passed a law saying you have to vote for Bush. Let's pass a law. And that's quite legal under the U.S. Constitution that their electors have to vote for Bush. And uh, I'm afraid of that type of, of, of trickery. We saw it in 2000, so, it, so we can't say it can't happen in America because it happened 20 years ago. I'm worried that this time Last time we had a bit of violence that led to that bad decision. This time I'm worried there might be a lot of violence that could lead to a bad decision. So as important as this election is, more important is the steps after the results tonight, regardless as to what the outcome is. What action would Greg Pallast encourage anybody listening as progressives on the ground as far as planning and organizing their future? Well, number one, uh, if you haven't voted, make sure you do. Uh, but the other, the most important thing is don't meet violence with violence. That's what they want because what I'm very, very much afraid of, Roger Stone, one of um, Trump's advisors, who's also the chief advisor to the Proud Boys, a white suprematist group, um, he, uh, you know, he's calling for martial law if uh, Trump doesn't win. He's, he's asking for Trump to go for martial law. I worry that we have an attorney general who is uh, a right-wing political hack who could easily invoke what's called the Insurrection Act, basically invoke martial law and stop the count of the vote. I'm very worried about that, and I think activists have to be ready not to meet the violence with violence, but to meet the violence with what may require, for example, it's been suggested by one, uh, one of our leaders, um, a general strike. We don't know what's going to happen. It might, be, it might end swiftly and peacefully tonight, or... Um, Next week, you'll, I'll be talking to you from uh, inside my uh, bunker with my gas mask on. I'm going to have to leave you now, but this is Greg Pallison saying, Luke, you are a menace. Thank you for creating this good trouble, and I uh, can't wait to join you again. Send us the link, and we'll get it out there. In the meantime, go to gregpallis.com or to Leonardo DiCaprio's Instagram site and type in The Purged, 
and uh, watch that 14-minute film. You'll uh, learn too much about American democracy or the lack thereof. Thank you. Greg Palast, thank you for joining us. Bye. Look, if you had one shot or one opportunity to seize everything you ever wanted in one moment, would you capture it or just let it slip? Shot.